It's, it's funny doing this show where the pod is live mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about stuff all throughout the weekend that I want to put in here and how I'm going to do things. And then I just woke up this morning and it felt like Leafs stuff has shifted already for me. Like I went from all, all I did yesterday was watch games. Right. And yeah. I surprisingly ended up watching the I was watching the Oilers game, and I went, I can't, I gotta, I gotta watch this. I'm awake. I hate that guilt that I feel when playoff sports are on. Of, well, I guess I gotta watch it. Gotta watch it live, even though I'm tired, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't watch the whole Oilers game because I obviously watched Succession. I took the time out of the Oilers. <laughs> I went, yeah, all right, Oilers, and it was Nuggets T Wolves electric. No. I did actually, though, watch the end because Denver yeah. came back. It was made a, a fake comeback, comeback and then yeah. they lost in overtime. And Jokic missed the free throw at yeah, the very end. Choker. Mm. Jokic. Actually Andy Edwards, yeah. though. <laughs> but, yeah, but Jokic actually had like a million points in that game. He tried so yeah, hard like to carry his team. Jamal Murray just missed every single shot in that game. <laughs> and then Jokic uh, choked the one shot to give him the win. But there's this weird guilt you feel of... I can't go to bed now if this game is in overtime, which the Oilers game was. I watched mm-hmm. Kane tie it up, and I went, ah, now I have to. <laughs> I can't turn this off. I have a problem with that. There's just no way. But I went to bed, and I thought, okay, I got all these Leafs thoughts lined up for today and blah, blah, blah. But now it just does. feels like the mood has shifted. We get it. Toronto won a game they weren't supposed to win. Somebody put out in the Deservo winometer or whatever the hell Ugh. that thing is, which is kind of trash. I know, Simon. I get Ugh. that. I get that reaction. But I also do think that it's it's one of those things where I don't use it as any type of gospel. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, watching the game, you should be able to know who you thought was better. And clearly Toronto wasn't in that game. But someone pointed out that this is the first time that they've actually won one of these games since, Since game the Boston five series? in Boston. Yeah. yeah which, 2019. Which Boston? 2019? 2019. All right. So. That's notable. Yeah. Sure. Hainsey and Zaitsev are still on the team. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Yeah. No. Zaitsev was on the team? 2019. No. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, let's, uh, let's throw the challenge flag on that. Anyways. Uh. God, Joe, why do you do that? <laughs> I'm all throwing like, hey, dude, I was like, okay, yeah, fine, fine. They were on the team. Yeah, Toronto won that. It felt really good. I'm, I'm very comforted with what we saw from. Was I right? Zaitsev was on the team. Was he got he got yeah he went to Ottawa the year after. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I guess Cody CC came the year. Playoffs. Yeah, because Cody CC came the year where it was Columbus the loss because Kyle Dubas was like Cody CC actually the yep. man. You guys are idiots and you don't even know that Cody CC is good. And we I have watched him play last night too. That says he's great. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. My bad. My bad. I should have just not left that. I shouldn't have challenged that. All right. That was my fault. It's I okay. the you pot. lost the timeout. I lost it. Yeah. Lost I, the timeout. I lost, lost the timeout penalty for two minutes. <laughs> okay. So I feel good about where Samsonov's at. Because he was pretty shaky through the first bunch of the series. Mm-hmm. It's weird because Toronto, everyone was like, oh, he's all right in game two. Toronto won game two. They dominated, but I don't think anybody felt great about him. There's a reason why when he let in that softy at the end of the first period, people thought, oh, okay. Um, maybe he gets the hook here for Joe Wall. Like mm. a rookie goaltender felt very possible to be in this hockey game. There's yeah. a reason why his coach didn't back him after the game one performance. He was just a building story. And then he was spectacular. He gave them uh, one of their best playoff performances. I do think that there's a little bit lost from Freddie Anderson was terrible during the first Boston series. And yeah. then he snapped back and bounced back and had some really good games. Mm-hmm. And I think that he had some after he was bad, but ultimately, and yeah, Jack Campbell was okay. 
He was never horrible, although he did let in the one softy. But yeah, Montreal beat you in a series. It's hard to really blame Jack Campbell and not everybody else. Either way, that was just a, a massive game for Leaf fan confidence. And I do wonder what it's going to do for team confidence as well. And it just felt like, okay, this is the thing that I both love about the Leafs and I worry about the Leafs. This is the thing is you can't really settle into this because part of me goes, man, you have to be feeling so confident that you finally won one of these games and the tide is turning for you. But then also, does that make you too comfortable, right? Does mm. that mean you're, you're over-celebrating something? And that brings me to the Dubas thing of after that game, right? You guys sent it to me. I did Leafs talk, you know, Sam and Bourne and I. We did it. We did a long episode of it. Then I went out to a friend's 40th birthday party. And so I never saw the Dubas thing in real time. I saw it the next morning. Mm-hmm. And when it got shared to me, people are like really going after Dubas. And I went, no, this makes me like him more. This makes me like Dubas way more. That he's sitting there and he's just jawing with fans. He's not taking... Did you see him when Toronto scored the goal too? <laughs> he's losing it. He's yeah. just fist pumping, losing his mind. Him Spets and Spets is losing up. it too. <laughs> but it's funny watching him in the booth interact with the fans because he's yelling at them and he's talking real trash. And then there's one, there's one that you can hear what he says where he's saying, you're a hero. You're a you're real a hero. hero. Yeah. And then there's one that I can't decipher at all. And I've tried to John Boyd lip read it. Like I've broken it down. I've watched it 45 times. Mm. I have zero clue. If anybody has any idea what's going on in that, I'm open to your theories. Okay. (laughs) At JD Bunkus, you can fire him off. And there's gotta be someone who was there. Cause some people in the comments were going, I was there and he was actually yelling at leaf fans and you go, okay, so I could classically (laughs) Florida, Florida man's leaf fan. Just down there, Leafs win a huge game, still going after the GM. There's 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 like five rows there. Like you think somebody in those five rows would have like an audio or know what he said. No, no, but it seemed really, it seemed spicy. It seemed spicy in there. It seemed like the whole crew was very drunken and there were some people throwing some barbs out. You could just hear from the videos like, (laughs) everyone talking over (laughs) there. So we don't have the good audio of it is everybody's just hammered trying to talk at the same time over each other. So I see Dubas and at first I go, hell yeah, Kyle Dubas, talk that talk mm-hmm. because that was your game tonight. Shen, awesome. Ryan O'Reilly, massive goal. Goaltender that you found and got a lottery ticket on, huge bunch of saves. Nolachari, goal, right? Like that was as much as it, like if you're going to believe in the intangible stuff, then that was that group. And I do believe in the intangible stuff, and so does their head coach. Austin, let's play that little clip of uh, of Sheldon Keefe in the, I think it was practice, actually, right? This is practice audio. He's talking about Ryan O'Reilly and what guys like this bring to the team and why it felt different in this moment. Play it. Oh, it's, it, it's huge. It comes a lot through his personality and a lot through his experience. I mean, you know, the team that we're trying to be here has a team full of those guys. That's the reality, right? And, and, and that's where a lot of the confidence comes from, you know, because once you've, once you've won, you've got that extra swagger and confidence about you that you don't get rattled or phased. It, it's just different, you know. Um, and the more you can get of those kind of guys, I think it's important. Um, Ryan, through not just his experience, but his ability on the ice, he can match all of that, you know, and bring all of that to the table. So we knew he was going to be an important member of our team, and he certainly has been in this series thus far. I, I love that quote so much. As soon as he said it, I was just sitting there going, he's right, he's absolutely right. But I did feel that in Toronto's game. I did feel that maybe they will believe this a little bit differently because of some of those guys, some of those winners that have been in the room, some of those vets, some of those changes, those people. I, I wasn't really trying to, I thought about trying to just Twitter dunk on the nerds going, yeah, really missing Engvall tonight. <laughs> really feels like a game Engvall would have thrived in <laughs> versus Luke Shen, 
who was brilliant for the Leafs in that game versus Nola Chari, who scored a goal, a depth goal, something that Pierre Engvall didn't do in 17 games as a Maple Leaf in the playoffs. Uh, I decided, no, this is not a it's night a for blow. violence. This is not a night for violence. This is a night for We're friendship. Take the high road. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, all, instead, I did it on my show <laughs> where there's no receipts. <laughs> Sometimes it is better to just save it for the show and remember that you do have a platform outside social media, and that's nice, where you can yeah. explain something through and have a, have a laugh hey, with a it. Screenshot a podcast. But you feel, I, I watched Dubas, and I was so pumped watching him be all excited like that. And then I wondered, boy, I hope he doesn't feel like, yeah, the monkey's off our back. I know they don't. In a quiet moment, they're showing up and they're saying no. But there is, there's always that little bit of reservation, right, with Leaf fans where they go, well, now if we got too excited, it's going to be bad. I- I'm telling you, these things are not real, okay? Like, this is not real. That was an enjoyable sports moment. You just have to believe that the players themselves and that everybody involved in the organization, that the takeaway for them is we do have the experience now. We have been here long enough where the coin tosses can start to go our way, where some of these breaks might just finally go our way. And we've got the kind of players who are not afraid of that moment and who do have that swagger and can match Tampa Bay in that regard. And mm. that's how I'm feeling today is, boy, what a real, this is just continues to be an opportunity for Toronto to say we are different, right? Yeah. When they were hanging around in that game and they had a chance to tie it and then a chance to steal it, they did it. And now you go, yeah, instead of doing the predictable thing of letting them knot the series up, just take advantage of them, dominate them, and find a way to just go up 3-1 and have multiple cracks at this thing. And then find a way to lose the next game so that the narrative, at least, of you can't close elimination <laughs> no, games don't lasts a little while into the ethos. But then win in game six. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't put that yeah. into the end yeah, of the air. It just, but it's... I think Leaf fans are in disbelief still over the weekend that that game was yeah. won. I, like I said, I went to a party after, and every single person I talked to, it was almost... It's almost like people were unbelievably excited in the moment, but then afterwards it settled into, did this really happen? Did they really win one of these games? Can this be different? And I'm choosing to believe it can be for some of the reasons that we outlined there. The goaltender's better, the playoff experience, the guys they brought in just feel completely unafraid of the moment. And I think that a lot of the players around them, the prime players, such as Matthews, who was dominant in that game, was like the only great Toronto Maple Leaf who played that night. Mitch Marner's leading the playoffs in scoring. Mm-hmm. Like he has eight points. Eight points. The guy who was completely snake bit a little while ago, and now all of a sudden he's dominating. The goaltender found himself in the series. There's just there's reason to be optimistic about Toronto. That being said, what's one of their biggest disadvantages? The officiating. That was the other thing from the post games and the the last forty eight between these two series is that I didn't catch Sheldon Keith talking about one of the biggest plays in the game, which was Tampa Bay. Point goes into the corner. He gets hammered. Yeah. I don't think it was a dirty play by Morgan Riley at all. I think they got it right by overturning the major, but somehow got it wrong because Riley ended up in the box. (laughs) And then three Leafs are in the penalty box because Stamkos jumps Matthews. And I think Sheldon Keefe had the right to be angry. And he says that Tampa Bay manipulated the officials. And then I saw John Cooper speak on that, and he was in disbelief. Like, you could tell he was annoyed that he had to even answer such a question. He's like, manipulated the officials. I don't even know what that means, he goes. I'm like, all right, John, you know exactly what it means. He knows how to play the media. (laughs) But the power plays for these teams are so important, so incredible. The special teams in the series are so incredibly important that all of a sudden you've got these coaches that are doing this game publicly 
And I'm kind of thinking, no, you have to be doing this. This might be more important than the strategy that you're deploying. This might be more important than some of the line combinations you're getting is how you're actually impacting them. Anyways, a guy who has been in these situations because he's got two Stanley Cup rings that he can wear around, clang together all nice, click clack, like the old commercials, is Mike Fuda, 14 years in the NHL as an executive analyst for Sportsnet. Good morning, buddy. How are we doing? Good, bud. How are you doing? Uh, I don't wear them, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. Where are you? Hang them. What do you do? I don't clang them around. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to chip the diamonds and have them all falling out. I, I, it's, I, you could tell I don't wear any jewelry. I don't know how it works. I'm like, you clang them together, those rings? You're like, uh, no, they're nice. <laughs> they're worth a lot of money, and I cherish <laughs> them deeply. I don't just clang them together. Uh, anyway. My mom, my, my, mom, my mom has them in storage. Yeah. So. Smart move. Smart move. Um, okay, so... First of all, I got to give you credit before we get into the ref stuff. Um, we, we're about to get on Leafs talk, and Bourne says, right as we're sitting in the chairs, he goes, Fuda just texted me like minutes before the goal happened, and he went, Toronto's going to win this game. Just watch. And bang, they find a way after getting dominated. So, yeah, you've seen a lot of these games. Uh, you sat in there, again, 14 years in the NHL, watching two Stanley Cups, a lot of deep playoff runs. Why did you feel like Toronto was going to get it? Past history, I mean, uh, there was something about the game that I didn't think they played well. I mean, I thought Tampa, uh, Tampa played exceptionally well. I mean, they seemed to have the buck all the time, offensive zone time. From the second second period on, Samsonov just had this aura about him mm-hmm. that he was bringing it, and uh, I just I just had this feeling, and I didn't think it was going to be a beautiful goal or anything. And it was funny because I, I don't know why I just texted uh, I text. Barney and Kipper at the same time and said Leafs are winning. And by the time I finished my text, mm-hmm. <laughs> Morgan Riley had floated one into that. That was it was it was, it was it's just one of those things. Trust me, if I had that ability to play Karnak, I'd be way further along in life. But it's just that feeling in the game, and I mean, it was like in, in the they would lost games like that in the past mm-hmm. that they had uh, you know not had their A game. I didn't think. I thought Tampa it brought it in every fashion. I mean, you talk about that play in the corner. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way the Leafs handled it. Uh, I love the way Shen is playing. Uh, what didn't you just, like about the way the Leafs handled it? I didn't like, honestly, I didn't like uh, Austin in that whole thing of things. I just thought he should have been, I mean, in the whole play I thought it was called properly, mm-hmm. other than I would have thought that... Uh, Stamkos would have got a little bit more out of the yeah. deal, but but I just did. There's something about the Matthews. I just want him to just—he's a beast. I didn't like him being flopped around by Stamkos. Oh, that part you didn't like about it, because because uh, to me this is what I see on the play is yeah, fine. Kucherov jumps him, and I think Cooper in the post game made a great point where he says, "Listen, something happens like that. We're a veteran team. We think we're going up on the power play." And for Kucherov to negate our power play, we think it's a pretty uh, egregious act against us. So we're not thinking about um, the gamesmanship that Keefe is alluding to later on in the play. But I did think that as it was developing and knowing that that was going to go down, Stamkos grabbing Matthews that way and starting to pummel on him was definitely, that was gamesmanship. That was... In my opinion, that Stamkos recognizing, I don't want Matthews on the ice, whether this is a four-on-three, whether this is a Leafs power play, whatever ends up happening here, I want him gone. I want him off the ice. Kind of grabs him, is like punching him with the officials holding on dearly. I can't remember which Tampa player it was that comes and skates over and just buries the lumber in Morgan Riley's lower back, and you go, hoof, that one hurt. Didn't see anything Ryan O'Reilly did, and so 
for the fact that Toronto ended up with the three guys in the penalty box where I would argue I'm not sure any of them should have been in there. I thought that was a, yeah, that was a pretty important moment in the game. And so I get why Keefe is leaning on the officials there and what, the way Cooper is responding in kind. But yeah, how, how much do you think that stuff actually matters? Do, like, do you think that actually has impacts on the officials? Because we've seen it before where they talk about stuff like this is going to be a violent series last year and then all of a sudden it's more tightly called. Do you think that maybe we see a looser official or uh, whistle moving forward here? This has any impact whatsoever? Like, what's your view on this I stuff? I think it, ch- it changes from channel to channel. Like, if yeah. you watch different games, I mean, I, I don't think... Uh, it's a great point you make. Like, I called it the $60 million scrum because I've never seen yeah. <laughs> that, that much talent thrown in yeah. the alley box at such a critical point in the game. But I, I don't... I, it, if you can figure out the... The template from watching channel to channel, I'm I'm struggling with it. Yeah, because uh, you watch, like I watched the Minnesota game, right? And I'm like, I saw these these Felino penalties. I just didn't see it at all, right? And I mean, no, that one was bad. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm like I'm watching that whole series changed on a good. The guy finishes check behind the net, minor penalty, they score, mm. and then the, I still can't figure out what happened with Marchman, and when he comes across over top of him and gets a tripping call. It's it's beyond me. And I mean, it's it moves so fast. It's, it's, it, and, and the refs got a lot. I mean, and I still think the best officials in, in sport, but it's like it's trying to figure out that thing. And I, I was reading Keith's lips in, in that uh, when the ref came to the bench, and he was basically saying, Stamco started that whole thing. How do you come out of that with not an instigator or something, and it was actually the ref holding on to the two of them. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 it wasn't a linesman, it was the ref that was holding the two of them. So, obviously, he saw everything that happened there because he was the one that was involved when they initially interacted. So I'm not... It, the, the whole thing that happened, I was just... I, I would like Austin Matthews, who's a, an absolute beast of a human being, to do more than just get flopped around there. And I mean... Mm-hmm. It, Whatever happens, because it's going to, like, I, I think it was it, it was called incorrectly. I thought Stan Close should have got an instigator, et cetera, et cetera. But I would have liked a better, act, a better reaction from Austin Matthews. Yeah. That being said, the Leafs in a game that I didn't think they should have won, Samsonov basically outplayed Vasilevsky, which every, every breakdown of I've ever done of the series was that I felt all the moves that uh, Dubas made paid off in that game. Shen was exceptional, like exceptional in his role. And to sit there, I mean, it's not just sit there between the benches and take all the shit that he did, mm-hmm. right? It was this guy was brought, he's making $850,000, right? Giordano's making $850,000. <laughs> and, and, and he's basically looking at a team that he's won two Stanley Cups with and taking all that. And I'm not going anywhere, boys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend my guys. And that's a huge piece of it. Forget, I mean, I know the coaches are brilliant in all their comments, and I thought Cooper was awesome. Mm-hmm. But Kiefer went a little bit over. I mean, you haven't won a series. Just just move on to the next game a little bit the way he broke it down. But good for him mm-hmm. for breaking down whatever happens in the scrum. But Shan has become a big part of this series. Massive. And it's amazing. And part of it is because I always look at things and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is an $850,000 player. Why in the heck have the Leafs signed Connor Timmons to a two-year extension mm. at 
something two five. And he's probably, if you look at the exceptional depth they've got, he's nine. Right? They've got six that are dressed. I, I'm sure. I'm assuming Lilligan's the next up, and then probably Justison's next up, and then they're not going to be able to afford this guy moving forward. <laughs> and he's critical mm-hmm. to what they've got going. And I know they're just all in the moment, all in the moment. But it just it just blows me away that the number nine defenseman's got a two year extension at one point two five or something like that, and they might lose this guy who is critical to their success. He was the perfect fit. And whether however it moves forward, you can see how critical he's become. Yeah, but, uh, and all these scrums and stuff like that. So it's it's it's, it's amazing. They, I love the way the teams like they've matched the toughness. I wouldn't, and it's you don't know anything about Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I bring him in because now you're saying okay, let's get get in the muck, right? And uh, and uh, and now it becomes about Simmons and Zeno and stuff like that. I think the Leafs can outskill this team. I yeah. think they just got Tampa Bay's best, and they found a way to win. See, they weren't the better team, but they found a way to win. Just I, stay the course. I, I would hate to see them bring in Wayne Simmons. Like, truly hate it. Because to me, one of the things about the series is that Toronto can't fall into the trappings of going into the mud with Tampa. Because that's where Tampa wants to live, is a, a, peer, a, a series where there's a ton of penalties, where they feel like they can take their liberties on Toronto players and, yeah, have more of that rough and tumble. And I think for Toronto, the beauty of having guys like Ryan O'Reilly and guys like Shen, especially, like, I know Shen fought, but I don't look at Shen as, oh, God, he can fight, he can scrap Jano. It's that you don't feel as though you can get pushed around the same way, that you at least do yeah. have a weapon that's in there that can do this stuff. And, you know, Keith was talking at practice, and I played this audio, but he's discussing how those guys have the swagger of winners, that they don't let the stuff phase them the same way. They can sort of just walk through it and, and that's what I'm hoping to see from Toronto is, you're right, stay the course, stay with the team that you have, and continue to try to win the series in your way. Impose your style of play, win the way that you won all regular season long. And, and that's what I wonder about this win in particular, right, is you, you'd imagine that they're not going to over-tinker now. But, and you said the thing about Keefe and how, hey, you didn't win a series yet. Is there any part of you that's concerned that you win a game like that and it just there's almost an added sense of relief that can set in with your group? Or do you think that this is just ultimately going to be incredibly good for the mentality of the group saying, yeah, we, we did win a game we, are, we weren't supposed to win, but now let's make sure that we take the next one. Like, how do games like that generally affect teams? I don't know how they affect teams that I've been a part of. This team is a mystery to me. Yeah. I think, I want to think that you're going to see the best version of the Leafs in the next game because I was in absolute disbelief how much Tampa dominated that game. Um, and, and I mean, I'm, I was sitting there going, is, is Hedman clearly was a force. Like, I mean, he doesn't even look like he's skating well, but he's marching through the, like, he can't believe how good he was. Can't believe was, how good he was. He was amazing. Whatever yeah. his injury was, he was phenomenal. Whatever the shot they gave him was, let me have it. Like, boy. <laughs> exactly. Just take it off. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a baseball question, but yeah. I'm literally watching that team and thinking, wow, that guy's that much of a presence. Now, if Sirenak mm-hmm. comes back in those series, which I have no idea, but I, I can't imagine him coming back. Bigger question is, where do you put Bunting when he's ready to go? Mm. But... I'm watching him, and I agree with you 100%. Like, and I, and I love Simmer, but I'm like, if you bring him in, you're changing, you're reacting to them. Just be yourself. 
just keep playing. And I think the I think the Leafs are going to bring their best. I think mm-hmm. they are going to bring their best game on tonight. I honestly think they're going to have their legs. I was just like other than Marner, the entire series, like and, and O'Reilly. Like I thought, JT was like off, like mm-hmm. big time off in Game Three. He's going to come back. They're going to they're going to find themselves and they're going to play a game. They're going to wow. We just dunked the bullet, but we're still up, which is completely different. And I I think unless Vasilevsky stands on his head, and again I want to think that we're going to get the Samsonov that was the second half of the game. She was outstanding, mm-hmm. but you just can't answer those questions with Fulton. That's what I think. That's what the whole Leaf conundrum is. You can't answer those questions. We know what's going to happen. Do I think it's going to happen? Yes, uh-huh. because clearly they have an ability to play in any game, which they did in Game Two. Didn't throw it out at all in Game Three, but they found a way to win. And now I think it's like, wow, we dodged, we dodged one there. Why we we got to capitalize on this because mm-hmm. they have the passion and they and they're and they're hanging in there and all in all the areas like it, it, they don't look soft at all, but you got to find a way to win the next game. You don't want to come back to two and, and again, have the, 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 the home fans biting their nails off mm-hmm. wondering, is this happening again? Like put them away. And, and, and I think, and I think they've got every ability to do it. I, I really truly do. I do too. It's just, yeah, you say that, you say that and you go, put them away. And, and all the logic that is behind this is yes, absolutely. But you're right. The fear of the unknown with this group is still there. I just I do believe it is different because of a bunch of the guys that we mentioned here and that that Dubas did bring in the attitude yeah, that they can play with. You got it, JD. These yeah. guys like Ryan O'Reilly doesn't know anything about this. Like no. about he's heard it, he's read it, but he doesn't care. Like, no. I mean, it's very clear goal, he does not care. It was, it was soft. It yeah. was a soft goal by Vest, but it doesn't matter. He didn't care about it. All no. the guys that are ticking in have nothing to do with this little curse we got going on or whatever like, yeah. with, the, with the Leafs and and, and until. And then if, if, if they fall victim to it again, then I was discussing, but this group looks completely different. Yeah, I agree. And you know who else isn't a part of it that was brought in is a guy who you said, quote, is one of the best live viewings I've ever seen, end quote. And yeah, for those of you... Oh, I know, how about him? Yeah, for those of you that don't know who Michael Feud is, uh, he started in the NHL, what do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Eight years as director of amateur scouting for the Kings before being promoted um, within the organization. So, yeah, uh, you drafted a lot of the guys that, yeah, won those cups in L.A. And so it's quite a statement for you to be saying that about this player. But, yeah, what? how has he been doing this? Like, what are you seeing with Matthew Nyes? Because he has been massive for them in this series. And he's a kid who just showed up and played in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, yeah, number 23 is at a real impact for them. Well, I mean... Goalie pulled. He's on nice instead of the captain. I mean, and, I'm, and that's not a knock on the captain. It's he has been, and this is part I didn't have a clue. Like I, part of what I think about where my success in scouting has been is meeting a kid and and finding out what I see in the ice is going to be backed up by his his character and his personality. This kid is numb to this whole situation. Like he doesn't look like any of this has faced him whatsoever. Um, at, to a point that I'm like, oh man, I hope he doesn't take a penalty. Like, just because he's like, get off me, pal. Like he's, he looks like this is just easy peasy to him as far as the nerves, and that's the big factor because everybody knows he's big. Everybody knows he can skate. It, it, I mean, the moves he's making and the patience he's showing, good for him. Like you just don't expect a kid like this to step in and have 
Um, it hasn't been a point impact yet, but he's clearly impacted the series as a guy that the fact that you can have a kid come out of college and stick in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs with all the intensity and all the leaf pressure, be, play in your top six and look comfortable, that's, that's huge. That mm-hmm. is absolutely huge. And he's, I mean, I hope it keeps up. I mean, because he just looks like nothing's bothering him at all. And I mean, you watch the bench, you watch Ryan O'Reilly talking to him, everything. He just looks, it's like he's taking it all in. There's not an arrogance about him at all. It looks like, man, he's just listening to everybody and letting his natural skills take their, take it on. Like, I mean, it's, like, I've just watched, I just kept looking at it. I was like, he's on the ice for the goalie bolt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good for him. I mean, good on him. I mean, that's why they held on to him. I, I had made the comment that I, I, I honestly, that was, I had my two best live viewings of a college player watching him play. And I was like, still wondering when the cage comes off, how's it going to miss? And nothing has affected him. He looks, he's hit like a glove. And I think he's going to continue to add to this series mm-hmm. and good for them. I mean, they sat him at the first game, which I thought was the right decision. Uh, let your veterans kind of sink in, let him watch it from a distance and see, you know, this is what I got to, this is what I got to get myself into. And he's just, he's fit in wonderfully and he doesn't look at a place. I always thought with kids like that, if they're not playing with the skill guys, you know, they're, they're going to diminish. He doesn't, he fits in with the bottom as well. He yeah. fits in wherever you put him. So he's not, he doesn't just lose everything because he's on a fourth line, so to speak. He, he brings it with everybody that he plays with and that's, uh, looks good on them. Right? Yeah as well for the future as well they're moving him around too to give the second line a jump which i thought yeah. was massive in that game where i'm like holy crap they are showing so much faith in this kid and i said on leafs talk but it feels like he doesn't know he's not supposed to be this good that there is just this confidence about him that has been translating on the ice which has been huge for the leafs right just massive for them in the series and talking about when bunting comes back and who's going to come out or whatever's going to happen here I think it's pretty damn clear at this point that there is very no out. shot that this kid is coming out. Like, if you're one of the other guys in the lineup, you're like, okay. Or if you're bunting in the luxury box, you're thinking, huh, I wonder if oh. I'm getting back in here. Like, I wonder how, like, if we were talking how about the stuff. How impactful is he been on the series, Judy? Well, zero, but, well, impactful in a way that well, he was a huge negative for them. But I, Well, he, he took out the best, second-best defenseman on the Lightning, so... Yeah, I guess that's true, like, if you look at it that way, but, well, and I would say Sergachev's still number two for me out of those guys. Um, but, man, if we're talking about the stuff with Simmons and how you don't want to go back into the mud, that's my one concern with Bunting is, hey, he's not... Like the guys you have right now, you don't feel as though they're going to take the stupid penalty or they're not going to ramp up the other team in the same way or have the antics that Bunting had in game one. And so, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what the decision is there when it comes, but I'm not getting too ahead of myself. So tonight you talked about it. Hey, Leafs are going to give you their bus punch. What, what's that going to look like for you? Like how will you know early on that they're actually doing that? Offensive zone time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just right off the bat, four, establish four checks, like like two shifts in a row where the Leafs are in the offensive zone and Tampa looks like they're on their heels. I felt that Tampa had the puck the entire night, like last game. Like I just felt. Because they did. It was just, it, well, I know. But you know what I mean? The, that's how you know. I mean, it's like a, off, the, off the set. Like the Leafs started to come light. And you were like, and they did it when it was when it mattered the most and stuff like that. But there was never a moment that I didn't think Tampa was in control of the game. And that, for me, will be if Tampa's on their heels, 
Um, first of all, who's in the lineup for Tampa? I, I, this whole heaven thing is a mystery to me. How you go from not playing to looking like you should win the Norris mm-hmm. is an interesting one for me, whatever they're giving them. Uh, so the whole thing right off the bat go. And, I, and it'll be the first couple shots on Vasilevsky and the first couple shots on Samsonov because that version of Samsonov is exactly what what yord. I mean, he just looked exceptional. And mm-hmm. and, and uh, Vasilevsky looked leaky. So those are the biggest thing for me. Events his own time, which is just easy to find. And, uh, I mean, they're going to start uh, Athens and Marner again, which yeah. obviously has become the flavor of the month. And, uh, good for them. Start your best players. And uh, how JT looks will be something for me, too, because mm. he was so good. He played, I mean, arguably his best game as a Leaf, and I thought he was invisible in game three. So mm-hmm. just legs and just how people are, like, because – You've got to bring that in. You can tell right away certain guys when they just don't have their legs, right? And in game one, you can see all of them. My buddy, or Gio, didn't have it in game one. Like, I mean, everybody looks, you know what I mean? Like, it was, there was a slowness, there was a sloppiness, and then, boom, they all look fast in game two. And, I mean, other than Marner, it's like you kind of get every night you get Marner is a game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just got to bring it. They got to bring They got to look fast. They've got to, they've got to look confident yeah like not guessing themselves and you're going to get that out of ryan o'reilly i guarantee you but the other guys just have to believe this is not this is not a mirage what they pulled off there and and then just win a game because they are still a better team yeah they are still a better team they're the more talented team they're a deeper team but they got to believe it themselves so completely agree man and you're right listen the uh, possession time and good goaltending that's going to win them this series. And yeah, clearly I think for me, the the biggest indicator is going to be whether there's carryover for Samsonov. Like, yeah, you got to have him. If he's playing the way that he did in that game, then I, I just feel like if you're Tampa, even you'll know basically right away, he starts stoning you that way, making those big saves, you might be cooked. But the other part of that is, yeah, can your stars impose themselves on the game the way that Tampa's did in game three, right? Where it's just every single shift, wave after wave, you're really feeling those top four core guys, right? Like Ryan O'Reilly yeah. aside, I feel like you know what you're supposed to get from them, but ultimately those four, those four forwards, you're supposed to feel them every shift. And I felt Matthews in the last game, Marner a little less so early on, but then sort yeah. of faded, yeah, but so I did agree. everybody. But what what to you has been, because you mentioned Marner specifically, and now I feel like it's actually understated compared to how big a story he's been in the past of the playoff choking stuff and why he couldn't translate to the postseason, why he was struggling to find scoring, blah, 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 blah. He's got eight points. He's leading the playoffs in points. What have you seen from Mitch that has all of a sudden changed from guy who was flipping pucks over the glass and really couldn't find his game to, yeah, leading scorer in the postseason? Just consistency, confidence. I mean, I think there's a, I think he wears a chip in the shoulder. I think uh, as much as, I think he really buys into this. Like the, the, he's taken a lot of heat, and if you break down what he's done, I mean, I, and I said the same thing. Like the one thing that caught me off guard was how many pucks he flipped into the crowd for uh, for minor penalties, which is something that just does not uh, coincide with poise, right? With poison, that's panic, right? And he is just looks so calm. Like he is so far this year, and it's not one of those things. I know the Leaf fans want to want either or who's better. Like, we, you know, get rid of one or the other. He's been their MVP from the start of the season, and he's been consistent all the way through. 
mm-hmm. and it's carried on the playoffs. And where I've seen stuff that just, I know Nick Kiprios, his, his play away from the puck, his penalty killing and his range on the penalty kill mm-hmm. have been exceptional. Amazing. Been exceptional. The penalty and, and, killing and, especially, you just watch him and you go, oh my God, this is just a different effort level that's out there from what other guys yeah. can and again, like the like to get in front, like to drop down, and like it's not like he's Giordano shot blocking or anything, but it's mm-hmm. an ability to get in shot lanes and stuff is just taking on a new, a new level. And to have that complete a game, so even when you're not cooking on all cylinders offensively, which normally is, to bring that effort away from, because normally people are like, you know, there was a debate early, you know, you're going to wear him out, right? He plays enough off, he's he's going to. You're going to get diminished uh, results offensively if you have this guy killing penalties, right? And not a chance. That's one of his. That, I think that actually feeds to his offense what he brings because he's not certain guys. If you run into penalty trouble, i.e., like Nylander uh, and stuff like that, they seem to get cold, right? Because they're not a part of all that extracurricular activity when the penalty kills out. Mitch seems to warm up because he's a part of that, and then it feeds to his offense as opposed to certain guys that have to sit and watch the penalty kill all the time if there's a string of penalties. And then it, you kind of lose them offensively. But, no, his, his complete game has been awesome. And uh, he's almost – it's hard because he's kind of just outside of the cusp of the guys that are going to be up for the heart uh, because of the season they've had. Yeah. But he's he's not very far off that, the season he's had. No. And, uh, and, and he certainly hasn't – Diminished when the playoffs started. He's he's brought it, and the and the and the amount of points and the, and and the the way he feeds. It's like if somebody's in a slump, put Mitch with him. I agree that this year he just gets everybody he gets everybody going. So it's it's fun to watch. Um, I don't know what what you get out of the Dubis thing. Who's, did you hear anything about what? Who was Dubis fighting with in the crowd there? I'm trying to get more information on it. I've been soliciting fans to try and. Yeah, that's so weird because that's very uncharacteristic. Uh, I, I saw it, it initially and I loved it. Like, because I was still fired up from the game and I see Dubas yeah. and people are criticizing him. I'm like, hell no, good for him. Good for Dubas sticking up for himself because there's people that are down there that are giving it to him and he's a fiery guy. Like, I, I don't know how much people know about that, but he is a, yeah, he can be a hot-headed fella. I think that's pretty well established with him. And so I kind of liked it. Uh, my, I, I will say it made me a little bit more nervous that Spezza was just calmly sitting there, like, <laughs> don't do this kind of face. The, like, yeah. you know, he that wasn't. Was, that was my, that was what I got out of it. Spezza was like, do not do this. Yeah, don't Spezza do just sitting there kind of staring forward. Hey, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Uh, but outside of that, I just, I don't really have too much of a problem with it. The only thing is if you're Kyle Dubas, boy, uh, you've already got all this personal pressure. I don't think that you can really add more. So whatever it just, yeah, it's going to be a tough look if they end up losing this series, people are going to use it a ton, but at this point it's like, what does he care? He's already taken a million barbs. I don't mind him standing up for himself. I, I liked it. I, I, I have no problem with it, even though it was very, um, out of character to see a general manager arguing with the fans like he was Patrick Mahomes' sister, you know, or sorry, wife, arguing with uh, people in the crowd. Like that's the only other time I've seen that is the Mahomes family getting into it with people, and then Kyle Dubas. So I'm okay with it. I don't mind it. It's just when you do that stuff, when you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, right? So get it done. Yeah. Same thing as always. So the stakes haven't changed for me. That's why I don't mind it. You? That's awesome. No, I, I, I just, I was trying to figure out because I, the feedback I got was Leaf fans give it to him. Yeah, that's what I saw too originally. But that but that would actually be so funny and so perfect 
is if Leaf fans, even in this moment, that is one of the, let's be honest here. Let's call a spade a spade. That's one of the nicest Leafs moments we've had since what? Like, tell me what the Washington overtime goal, right? Like no look boil to Kapanen overtime, bang goal, young Leafs team hope. That's the last time it felt that good. And you know, maybe, maybe the comeback against Columbus too, where they were down and they just poured no, on a no, bunch of goals yeah. and kept them alive. So it's like they've it, nice moments for this fan base have been few and far between. And you know this better than anybody, man. You're from here, like you're born and raised here, and you've been in the NHL for 14 years, and you know you've been in a hockey lifer. So to to me, for a Leaf fan to not be able to celebrate that moment is so. Toronto Maple Leaf sports fan. And I went, I get it because some people are so beaten down by it. And some people it's now become their identity. And so I could just see those fans in the crowd, just yelling up at Dubas and they making a chirp at him or something. And him going, you know what? Enough, like enough of this. I'm giving it back. I well, don't you've care. Seen how they, you've seen how they've moved. I mean, structurally, I mean, they yeah. went from Lamarello, that box they had in the, Oh, I don't know about that level. stuff. That's a you thing. That's a that's a guy who's no, been there. Uh, I have no, no idea. You see how that's how they used to they used to sit with the crowd, right? Like the, where their box was, and now he's back up in the. Oh in yeah, the okay, that's what you're saying. That's what I meant. That's what. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like because it it just becomes too. With what's being shouted at them, you can't possibly watch the game, and yeah. that's unfortunate. But that's the that's the reality of it. Like I mean, that used to be the casual. That's the best seat in the house if you're a manager. And that was Lamorella wanted it, like, yeah, where they're down with the people, kind of thing, and you get a better view of the game. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. most of the time people don't know who that is, right? Like, the fans aren't going to be picking out who you are a lot of the time if you're a front office guy, unless you're oh, someone no, famous. Yeah, in Toronto. yeah that's that's I what I'm it. saying. But with Kyle Dubas, everywhere he goes, everybody knows who he is. He's got the glasses. It's like, boom, there he is. There's Kyle Dubas. That's yeah. That's the guy we're going to hammer tonight. That's the guy we're going to go after. He would have gotten the treatment. I don't know if you saw it the other day. The the GM of the Golden State Warriors' name is Bob Myers, and he was at the Sacramento Kings game. And he sat with the crowd, and there was a guy with a cowbell that stood right behind him and just banged the cowbell right in his ear the entire night. And I went, that's getting off easy if your call dude was trying to sit with the fans, okay? Like, and that's it. He'd have his own fan base turn against him. Either way, I say enjoy it, Leaf fans. I say just to embrace the moment. Believe, Absolutely. and who cares? How, what, what, what's going to happen to you? I always say this. What's going to happen? You believe, and they lose, and then you're in the exact same place you've always been, which is pain. So, fine. Just at least try to enjoy the small, fleeting moments that are not pain. You know? Enjoy this. So, let's have some hope tonight. Let's have some optimism tonight. Mike Fuda, uh, thanks for making time today, buddy. I always appreciate it. Go clang those rings together, brother. <laughs> have a great one, J.D. Be good. See you, pal. Uh, there, go, there he goes. Mike Fuda, two-time Stanley Cup winning executive. 14 years in the NHL, an analyst for Sportsnet. And yeah, Jobo put it in there. You want to get your little note in that Marner's no longer leading the... He's point. the highest points per game still. Great, and he's thanks. only played three. Yeah, thanks, Jobo. So Dreisaitl, he has one more game. So that's that's why what I more. consider most points, is points per game, okay? I'm just saying... Points per game over I'm just saying points. Marner's played yeah. one less game, so yeah. after tonight, we can revisit it. Dreisaitl has nine. so good, though. He's been on the ice for every single Oilers goal. He's just dominating. It's insane. Yeah, he is dominating. Yeah. Him on it's the power so play crazy. is terrifying. It's so crazy because if he's on any other team, any other team, we talk about him so all the time. much more. Oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. So much more. Yeah. And he's in the one place where you go, that's nice that you're doing good. It's so sad that he's almost <laughs> considered like a sidekick, even that's though it. he's oh, he unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. What do you mean he's considered a sidekick? 
he is the sidekick. Yeah, but that, that's, he is that's the sad part. He yeah. doesn't deserve that title at all. Leon, I would just like to say here in Toronto that if you ever left and you went somewhere else other than Edmonton, <laughs> you'd get a lot more respect. But it's okay. Some guys just want to be Robin. Some guys want the safety of being Robin. I get it. It's nice. <laughs> Hang out in the back cave and stuff goes down and you don't necessarily have to do it. You get to sit shotgun, listen to podcasts, not really have to worry about it. It's nice. Leon. It's pretty decent. Just be on the ice for every goal. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I Again, I think that tonight, boy, oh boy, you really want to see the Leafs come out and just, they're probably going to have to withstand a Tampa punch. It's my mm-hmm. guess. Withstand a Tampa punch where they come out just blazing. Yeah. 100%. Goaltender plays well. Stars settle in. Start to match their stars. Win the damn hockey game. Take two in Tampa. Go back home and then watch Kyle Dubas. What was in that Timmy's cup? Is the question. Like, because I don't think that was a double double. Well, first of all, they have Timmy's in Tampa. Yeah, no, shocking. Yeah. So, I I think you must have taken that from the airport or something. Just take it along. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just take it along with them. It was just coffee in there. See, I'm now kind of hoping that they win the series in Tampa, and he just goes full heel and starts like flipping off Tampa fans. (laughs) No, but that's the thing. I do. I I have seen what Feud has seen, which is that a lot of the reporting, and by reporting, I mean the commenters on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Twitter reporters. The Twitter reporters. Yeah, the, the Twitter and Instagram reporters out there have been saying it was Leaf fans. Yeah, so show me up. At JD Bunk is on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. I want the inside scoop on this. Somebody's got to know somebody that was down there. All right? Somebody, we got to Somebody the, knows somebody. What is it? Six degrees of separation? Six? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's got to be six degrees of separation from listeners in the show. To scumbag Leaf fans. Yelling at something. Who just went after the GM <laughs> after arguably the nicest win and most euphoric win of uh, the Kyle Dewis era. <laughs> there has to be. Somebody let us know. Someone get after me. At JD Bunkus. Follow Twitter and Instagram. And then, yeah, I'm going to give my best bet. Hit again on Friday. No big deal. Um... Four or five last week. It's fine. It's not, <laughs> Don't worry it's about totally it. fine. Show's Don't hot. worry about it. It's totally fine. Uh, that and, yeah, the worst decision an athlete has ever made. Next. Sportsnet 590. I'm going to do some podcast-only portion of the show today, so subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars, leave a little comment, always like those things. Mm-hmm. Beat the haters. <laughs> um, going to give my best bet in a second here, but I quickly wanted to touch on Kawhi in this portion of the podcast because I'm going to do some other playoff series stuff, some other thoughts, Blue Jay stuff, but I wanted to save yeah, Kawhi here. So he's hurt again. They load manage him all season long, and still he's hurt. And at first, they, people thought, oh, maybe he's only sitting out game three because it's a quick turnaround and he's played heavy minutes and they feel like maybe they're going to lose one. They're going to try to like steal one at home. Blah, 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 blah. No, he's out. He loses. His team's down 3-1. They're cooked. I doubt we see him again based yeah. on him missing two games now and them being down 3-1 because that's Kawhi. He'll be like, nah, not anymore. I'm not going to play through this. So he's obviously hurt. But this, to me... I saw the Stephen A. Smith rant, right? Yeah. Where he went with the hottest takeaways. Like, he's the biggest loser ever, whatever. Yeah, the like, worst yeah, superstar of all time. Yeah, or something like, like that. I don't know. He won championships <laughs> and he does. He did beat the Warriors. Yeah. 
pretty good. The Raptors won a championship. The Purple Dinosaur organization that people went, oh, if you're going to pick an organization. Like right now, that team is Charlotte, where you would go, what team will never win? Yeah. And you'll say, the Charlotte Hornets with a bullet. <laughs> the Raptors were that team at one point in time. We were the Hornets. Yeah. People here forget that. We're all cocky now. We walk around like, we are the championship culture. It's like, no, we were nothing for forever. We I know Kawhi. a lot of the fan base is young, but no, Toronto was a jokety joke, joke, joke. And now there is something, and maybe they're going back to joke land, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they did just fire their championship no, winning coach after a couple of seasons. Ouchie. <laughs> but either way, that's too hot. Kawhi is clearly not the worst superstar ever. Like, he's won. Superstars who lost, and yeah, never were able to show up for some of those big games. You can't put Kawhi there. Maybe <laughs> there's a disappointment level to Kawhi, but you can't say he's the worst superstar of all time. It's too hot. Yeah. What you can say is that his decision to leave the Raptors was the dumbest decision anyone has ever made in basketball. He left a team that won. He left an organization that had his medicals down. He yes. was healthy. He had the one time against the Bucks where he started to look a little hobbled and he got back and he was fine. They took care of him. They coddled his every single need. He had the perfect cast of players around him. He won a championship and he bolted to hang out with his crew in L.A., and people went, thank you, Kawhi. Such a nice thing that you came here for a little while, even though you didn't have a choice in the matter, actually. He blew it. He blew it. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this more because I just got to hit my best bet. Brought to you by our friends at Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. Hit the live bet yesterday on the Oilers. Went four or five last week. Mm-hmm. And then tonight, boy, oh boy, plus 170 for the Rangers, minus one and a half. Lock that sucker in because I just don't see the Devils winning two in a row. I like the Rangers in this series. I don't like who New Jersey has in net. This just feels like the better team in a big spot at home beats up on little brother and they take this one. So, yeah, I, I love this one. And again, if you haven't bet with Patano yet, hit me up at JD Bunkus on Twitter or on Instagram in the DMs. And uh, yeah, get you set up. That was Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Head over to the podcast section. I'll give you a little sprinkle on the Jays and a bit more. All right, so welcome to the podcast portion of the show. J.D. Bunkus, Simon Douglas, Joe Bosch, Awesome Mackey, Jeff has a party, all sitting around on a Monday. Tons of stuff happened. I did the Kawhi thing. I actually am going to finish the Kawhi thought because I kind of had to rush for the radio. That's the beauty of the podcast. I get to go a little longer. I probably should have saved it, but I nailed that killer tease. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very open-ended tease. It's very very old school radio. If you ever did an old school, it's like they say, you got to pay off the teases, which is right. I will say, like, if I'm listening to something and they go, coming up, this, and then not... Ah, it's annoying. (laughs) You don't think about it in the moment when you're doing this stuff. You go, who cares? And then you remember, people listen to this. This isn't just for you. Thank you for those of you that are listening to this. Thank you for those of you that are sticking around for the podcast portion of the show. You're the the true A1s, the Mm -hmm. ones that I love the most. You're uh, my special candy babies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love these listeners the most don't tell all the other <laughs> listeners unless they subscribe too. and again yeah hit me up for yeah uh, if you want to bet on botano and you haven't done it already but yeah the end of the Kawhi stuff is just like he doesn't get hammered for it enough and no. even f- people here in toronto it feels like they chicken out in terms of the way they talk about Kawhi, because we're so grateful that he brought you you can be both you can say it's sick that Kawhi won here i cherish that memory more than just about anything 
man, him dunking against Milwaukee, yeah. like mm. the rim bounce, the dunk against, well, just the confidence that Kawhi gave you the rebounding where it would just, he would show up out of nowhere and just <laughs> snatch a ball with his giant just, claw. Yeah, just one the hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new balances, fun guy. Like it was great. It was a hell of a ride with Kawhi, yeah. but he is so, so, so let off the hook for not running it back, but then going to a place where it was like, oh, okay, well, he went with Paul George and they're going to build a team around him. And maybe the Raptors were aging a little bit. Gasol was getting old. Lowry's getting old, all this different stuff. It's like, man, he could have signed any contract he wanted, basically based off any injury he has. Because look at him now. He's way older mm. and he's accumulated all these injuries. You think anybody wouldn't be giving him a big bag of money yeah. right now to be Kawhi based on what we've seen in these playoffs? Because he's the man. Yeah. Like when he plays, he is the man. He can alpha like Kevin Durant. Yeah. He can just take him and go like, yeah, I'm better than you in the playoffs. I've actually done more than you on my own, Kevin Durant. You might be the greatest scorer ever in the history of the NBA. I'm better than you. (laughs) I'm better than you when I'm on my game. Like that's just the way that it is. And when you play like that's the the thing. And this is, this is all right. And like, I think that like Raptors fans do a lot of that, like half measure stuff. And like, man, you're allowed to just say like, this is ridiculous that he bolted like you're allowed to be super mad about that 100 you are but actually this is one of those cases where i am more pissed off at the u.s national media this is where i do feel toronto does get disrespected and neglected is we spend so much time up here being like and then we didn't get put in the power pole we're not playing on christmas day (laughs) yeah exactly there's so many stupid ass things that we do up here when it comes to (laughs) complaining and it, it just it's nuts and so i almost feel bad bringing this up because I feel like I'm playing into that to a certain degree. Maybe this is inferiority complex, but like you, obviously the Raptors aren't the Knicks, right? Duh. But imagine Kawhi left the Knicks after a championship to go to the Clippers. They would talk about it every single day. Yeah. And with the Raptors, it's kind of like he left Toronto. So it's fine. It's like, it's not fine. It's the ultimate loser move. They figured out how to get this guy healthy for an entire year. They were offering him the world. He won a championship. The East at the time was far more open than what the West was that he was walking into. Like he did it so that he could have a private helicopter and live in San Diego. And people are like, he did the right thing. It's like, no, he did the (laughs) dumbest thing in NBA history from a standpoint of a free agent moving somewhere. There's never been anything like it. It is unbelievably bad. And he just does not take heat for it. It drives me up the wall. So yeah, when I saw him out and it's like, he blew it again. I'm like, this Clippers thing is done. Yeah. You guys are dead. It's Kawhi and Paul now. George don't play together. So it just, it is what it is at this point. And nobody brings it up. It should be like paragraph two. Or sorry, <laughs> in the first paragraph, sentence two. Guy chickened out, left Toronto so that he could go be comfy at home in LA with his family. Okay. Okay. Uh, fine. In his prime. He wasn't yeah. done. This wasn't LeBron going to the Lakers at the end of his career where he won, by the way, to be closer to his kids. Yeah. This was a guy who was like, nah, I want to hang out my family at home and have a he helicopter. He just had one of the highest scoring playoff runs in NBA history. It is nuts. Yeah. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Biggest loser thing. Honestly, it's such a loser move for a guy who's one of the greatest winners in terms of being an individual of guy who can unlock it and hit it in a game. He made one of the biggest loser moves ever outside mm-hmm. of the court nuts yeah. cannot get over it feel like we were just robbed too it's just the timeline change of if he comes back to toronto and they potentially win the bubble championship yeah against the lakers he takes it from his la team and all of a sudden this is a guy with multiple rings now he's got two finals mvps like mm-hmm. it was genuinely on the table for him 
to go down as one of the greatest players ever. Boy, <laughs> it's going to be really weird. Like when his Hall of Fame candidacy comes up, because like his he's totals definitely... are going to be so low. Like he's obviously going yeah, go to go in. But it's just like when they do the whole like you know showing his yeah. uh, like his numbers or like someone comes up with that infographic of like X time whatever. Like it's just yeah. going to be funny to see how little everything he because he just doesn't play. Yeah, I know. But he never you, plays. Yeah, but you're the best player on a championship winning team. One hundred percent. You were the sneaky because the first time he won a championship with the Spurs, he's the Finals MVP that year too. Yeah, yeah. like. But that's the thing. He was so good. People yeah. think about him as like him being the bigger version of what he is. It's like, no, no, no. But his defense that series, like that's when he was the claw. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it became, oh my God, look at this guy. You I just take the ball sometimes. Yeah. I remember watching <laughs> him in that series going like, holy crap, this guy is actually just a huge, huge, huge issue for them. Like they mm-hmm. just do not have an answer for what he's bringing them. So yeah, I, I think that he's going to end with one of the more disappointing careers of a player, his caliber ever. Weirdly, it's just so, 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 so strange. Yeah. But yeah, for Stephen A. Smith saying he's the one of the worst superstars of the games, I just that's too much. For no, me. no, it's no, just no. too much. He has the resume that just disproves that. Okay. Like, that being said, I want to tie these two things together. So Knicks land. Wow, what a fun time to be a Knicks fan. It's just oh, yeah. bananas. You see them, they're shutting down streets. The <laughs> they're doing the same celebrations. That side talk video that's going to no, come out, it's going to be the best. God, oh, I side love, talk's unbelievable. It's going to be amazing. so good. It's such a great product. It's yeah. the best. It makes me feel like I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. I'm it like, does, yeah. it does. I get like New York Civic Pride watching their videos. And you I've watch that and you get into twice. it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been there, I've twice. been there once and I'm getting into it. I've been there twice it. for two weekends and I'm like, yeah, New York. Like, <laughs> the Bronx. Ah, the old stomping ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm watching them, and how could you not? Because they just love it, right? They're yeah. having the time of their lives, and they're an awesome fan base. It's just like that's to me what sports is all about, right? Community. That building and, was ripping. The yeah, MSG dude, is so oh, sick. It's so sick. It's so sick. But I see the one guy from the original Bing Bong video who does the Hey, Kevin Durant. Don't, don't you regret, regret not coming to the dicks? Dicks? Yeah. <laughs> And I love it, and I go. But I sat with it this time, and I'm sitting there watching and going. That is one of the other biggest mistakes a guy has made. Kawhi leaving a championship contender and going to Clippers is a totally like the the biggest bum organization in professional <laughs> sports. You want to talk about cursed franchises, go through the history of the Clippers best players and the Clippers best teams and just like they're cursed. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, if you want to if you're actually going to pick a cursed franchise, they they would be there. Like now that Chicago has won, the Leafs are definitely in the mix for it. Mm-hmm. But the Clippers are very top of the pile when it comes to cursed bummy fresh. I remember when I was a kid and I used to collect basketball cards. You'd get like the Clippers cards and you would go, yeah, what is this? <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Michael Alua Candy. Yeah, great. Who wants it? Yeah. Danny Manning. Great. Oh. Didn't play because <laughs> he's cursed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that decision, awful, terrible, yeah. stupid. Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn instead of the New York Knicks. Oh. Going to Brooklyn with Kyrie versus going to the New York Knicks. The New York Knickerbockers. Yeah. And playing in MSG and the being world's Kevin most famous Durant, arena. He hated being a villain, right? It's very clear Kevin Durant wanted to be a babyface. He plays this thing of like, I don't care and everybody sucks but me. And you guys are all idiots and I'm the one of the greatest basketball players and blah, 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 blah. And I feel sorry for Kevin Durant at times just because... He's so great, and he has been snake bit with some of these injuries, and like mm-hmm. he's just made bad decisions off the court where it's been going to the Warriors that yeah. beat you, 
Great basketball decision, horrible personal branding decision. You'll never get the credit for those championships that you rightly deserve because he was brilliant yeah. the year they beat the Cavs. Oh, and I don't, the and, was, and yes. I don't think they yes. beat the Cavs without him. Absolutely yeah. like, not. He was so good, and that Cavs team was so good. People think about them because they got rolled, right, in five games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, Warriors would have beat them anyway. It's like, I don't know about that. That team would have won like any other year, that Dude, Cavs team. Cavs, it was unbelievable. Cavs were right there in game three, and Kevin Durant came down the floor and nailed two pull-up threes and went, yeah. this game is over. Done. I t- I'm yeah. taking and this game. And then Kyle Korver missed a corner three, and Ooh. the rest was history. Yeah. These are your one job, Kyle. <laughs> it was your one job. Oh, God. <laughs> Hit that three. Hit and, that uh, three. I watched that one from a bar down in Toronto. I was like, damn, I felt robbed of having more series, and Kevin Durant yeah. took that from me. Well, there's that iconic Durant clip where he hits it, and then he just turns around, no expression, yeah, no but, smile. He's just like, yeah, I just did that. But that's it. And I just... If, I, I picture him in a Knicks jersey, and obviously the team wouldn't be exactly the same. Maybe they don't have Randall or whatever. Maybe, Maybe they, don't they don't have Brunson. Yeah, it's a tough thread to weave. Mm-hmm. And it's also tough to separate him from Kyrie and think, like, maybe they would have just yeah, brought yeah. that to the... But, man, had he just gone, like, I want to be with the Knicks, and Kyrie going, no, it does not fit for me. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm going to the Knicks. I want to be the MSG guy. Yeah. I be, yeah. Imagine Kevin Durant oh every single night in that blue and orange... Dropping forty five, yeah. he would have a statue with him, yeah. like and that weeks. fan base having him, and then yeah. being able to build around him that culture, that energy. Meanwhile, now he's in Phoenix, all broken down, <laughs> like not the same guy. Way more passive in some of these games than you would expect. Yeah. I I never thought I would say this, but I do feel just as confident with Booker having the ball in his hands as I do KD on that team. It still doesn't feel like his team. Once yeah. again, it no, doesn't I mean, feel he, like yeah. his team. Well, Booker feels like, like the first games with them. That's what I mean. It's the just thing it, that's crazy to me too about that whole that whole time of Kawhi going to the Clippers. It's it's just funny that like there was a brief moment in time where the narrative was like, well, it looks like there's a new team in L.A. and a new team in New York, like yeah. the Nets and the Clippers. Like, come on, guys, <laughs> yeah. we're going against the Lakers and the Neither. Nets. What are we even, anything. What are we even talking I mean. about? Paul George, you should have just gone and played oh, with LeBron. Yeah, Kawhi, you should have just run it back with the Lakers. KD, Kawhi why the, the Lakers? hell did you ha- what? Kawhi the Lakers or the no, Raptors? Kawhi to the Raptors. What did I say? Lakers? No, no, you said. Oh, did you? No, he said oh, Paul George to the Lakers, Kawhi yeah. to the Raptors. Raptors. Yes. yes. You're right. Yeah, what are you doing? No, yes. you said Lakers initially. I'm saying, do you mean the Raptors? I said Paul George to the Lakers, Kawhi back to with the Raptors. I thought you said Kawhi back to the Lakers as well. Who? I don't think it matters. It matters to me when I'm trying to do that's a rant a and Joe like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, sorry, my bad. You, <laughs> although I was wrong earlier, Joe, I don't really want to go over two against Jobo today. That's really tough. That'd be a me. tough way to start the week. Down O two, people starting looking at the series, going, "Holy crap!" <laughs> it's kind of like when the Atlanta Hawks beat the Celtics over the weekend. And everyone, is this series done? Or the uh, the, the Connor Timmons over Justin Holiday? Dude, it's just yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Connor Timmons. Imagine seeing Connor Timmons enter this series if you were a Leaf fan. Right now, no, just don't, sit there don't, don't. think about the like. And Connor Timmons will draw in tonight. You at go, right what wing, what has happened? <laughs> at right wing on the fourth Did line. the plane crash? What happened? <laughs> Why is this happening? So, uh, yeah, I just I think of Kevin Durant. I think of my boy Ariel Hawani. Just mm. how man he's having the best time. He's yeah, he with must him. be. Oh yeah, he's losing his mind. He loves this. That's team. a fun Knicks team. Yeah, I know. Josh Hart is so awesome. Okay, Josh Hart is the best. I know. I love That's, that guy. I will say that out of. So obviously Leafs is my number one focus right now. Mm-hmm. I'm still watching every Jays game. Yep. I love the Jays, even though I got some mixed feelings on some of the stuff lately. Like I'm glad they beat the Yankees. And I also love the sports hate. That was my big thing from the weekend is God, meaningful sports is so nice. And yeah. when teams hate each other is so nice, 
because it's just so the Leafs and Tampa, they hate each other and their coaches are going back and forth. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> Shen's ready to take on Get the whole team. Exactly. <laughs> Do save the sportsmanship for after the series. Cool. Yeah. I don't need to know how much you love and respect a player. I want more of the Marshan rattiness of it. And mm. I'm watching, uh, who was it? It was Lomberg choke out of oh, Fredericks on the Bruins. And I'm like, yes, choke job. <laughs> wow. It's really? like hey, Diaz as well. I'm watching the Knicks fans lose their minds in the streets as they're burying Cleveland. I'm watching the Leafs play hateful playoff series. I'm watching Vladdy double down on hating the Yankees and then Garrett Cole eating it from Alec Manoa again, where Manoa goes, yeah, I don't I don't take back anything I said. Biggest <laughs> cheater ever. <laughs> Love it. Just in the sport of baseball where they rigged the World Series. They they threw a World Series in the sport and he's like, yeah, he used the sticky stuff that all the other pitchers were using. He's the world's He's biggest cheater. Hates his guts. I love it. I love the sports hate this yeah. weekend brought. It was so good. Hey, hey, hey. As Dave Chappelle and the Players Haters Ball would say, I love it. It's so good for the games. And then you've got DeJounte Murray versus officials. Oh, that was <laughs> just, a sprinkle. My brother texts me. He goes, do you think you're going to suspend him for that? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he made contact with an official. I know. Like... Brother, it's going to be interesting to see. I was like, uh, yeah, no, it'll be very interesting to see. No, they're going to just start letting guys bomb in on officials and bump them. The official staring back at DeJounte so, Murray. He didn't even know what to do. I know. He was in complete shock. He was shock. in shock. It was so great. He's like, anyway, did that really just happen? Tate is so sick, so good. Quick thoughts on the Jays. Mm. So I thought it was kind of a bummer they lost. The Manoa loss stung because they could have swept the Yankees so easily. It was right there. They could have swept them, yeah. should have swept them. I hate losses like that because it does feel like the team let down Manoa a little bit. Just they couldn't capitalize with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. And this is your ace, one of the personalities of your team. And he clearly hates Garrett Cole. And so <laughs> knuckle down and find a way to win that one and get the big man, the W, but whatever. I just, I'm, I'm probably taking too much out of that. Yeah. Uh, good. Good for Danny Jansen that the bat starting to look passable from the series that he's actually making a bit of an impact. Big, big, big bomb yesterday for Dalton Varsho mm-hmm. because going into that game, do you guys want to play a guessing game of what Dalton Varsho's OPS was heading into that game? Heading into that game, 700. No. Azo. I'm going to say lower. He started off hot, but then he got on. That's such the thing. A cold streak. Mm. So OPS of 640 heading into last night's oh, game. 640. See, I was disillusioned by the, the hot start. Man, he's st- exa- that's what I'm saying. He was a very sneaky yeah. struggles guy. That was only his second home run. It was a big home run. It was a nice home run. When he mm-hmm. runs into it, it's like, woo. <laughs> big big six inning. He's just this little like stocky dude who when he runs into it, it's he cracks those baseballs. <laughs> But he's been missing them a lot. Yeah. And at first, the season started, and he was getting some knocks against lefties and some walks against lefties, and that was the big story of coming in the year was he wasn't going to be able to do that. And then he went ice cold, and I Gabriel Moreno that night that he went over the first Yankees. He was, yeah, three hits. And Moreno and Lourdes both had better numbers than him with the Arizona to start the season. And you went, eh, that's not a good <laughs> feeling. Uh, that's not a good feeling. That is a bad feeling. You want the defense is great. It plays obviously like there's no doubt about Varsho's impact there in the long term. He's going to be the team center fielder, but yeah, it's not, you can't have either of those guys have a better offensive season. I'm sorry than Dalton Varsho. You just yeah. cannot have it this year. His defense would have to just be astronomically important for them to outweigh that to me. So 
big home run for him. Bullpen, I got to say, I wish I had a little bit more faith in it. I called it that they were going to, I did not like Jimmy in that game. And I was texting with my boy McKee going, I don't, I, I wish I felt more comfortable with Jimmy in here than I do. And I just don't. And then all the other guys that come in, like I know Simber came in last night. They didn't want to use, uh, they they didn't want to go to Jordan Romano, which is fine. And Simber only gave up the one shot, but Simber still feels too important. And he does feel like a guy where you're going to get a home run against and a double play ball. Mm -hmm. It's those two, those two things are going to happen in the same inning. Every time with Simber, you're going to concede a run, but he's going to also limit the damage with a double play. It's like, okay, (laughs) pick your poison contact guy. (laughs) And then Romano has had some shaky moments already to start the season. And so it's just, if he's not the top of the top, Zach Pop's been really good, but then he also, well, they tried to bump him up a little bit and then there was a little bit of shakiness there and you go, maybe he's not ready for that. Mm -hmm. I like Eric Swanson. I like Eric Swanson too. I just don't know if I'll ever like him more than having Teoscar Hernandez as bad. Okay. Fair, fair point. Fair I just point. I, I, it's, he's going to have to be really good. <laughs> I'm just saying for what yeah. he is, and he's Teo been good. has struggled to start the year pretty much from a number standpoint. Like I think he's hitting like 250 to start the year and they've bumped him down the lineup in Seattle. But yeah, Eric Swanson has to be the setup guy. And just every time he comes in, it's basically Diaz. I need to feel that for me to go, okay, I Teo who? <laughs> Especially since that's the other part of this. Jays still feel down a bat. Like Varsho hitting cleanup last night where he's OPSing 640. I'm like, ugh. And then there's... Chapman, who's red hot. Mm-hmm. Kirk, who started a little slow, but I still feel good about him. But still, yeah. a catcher is your DH because they can't keep Belt in the lineup. He had one good game against the Yankees, and after that, it's kind of a lot of poo-poo. A <laughs> lot of poo-poo for Brandon Belt so far this season. A lot of I look old. And also, it's so funny watching other games. Like, I turned on the Giants a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. to slip around checking out the scores. It's like Michael Conforto sitting second for them, and you go, all right, that's what the actual lefty bat that they wanted. Yeah. And Michael Conforto has been good for them. He's just, like, <laughs> he's drilling in runs, and you say, right, they did have other plans. Brandon Nimmo's OPSing over a thousand, and <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't get Kiermaier if they get Nimmo or whatever. There's an alternate universe. Maybe they don't get Varsho, but mm-hmm. yeah, the they get they just they missed out on a bunch of guys. Belt was a big time contingency plan that people went, yeah. If if he's good, like three years ago, two years ago, it's a huge signing, and you go, he's old though, and he was hurt, and he wasn't good last year, so. Anyway, he's just not been great. <laughs> he has, a lot of money. Wood has been too. fine. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. They didn't give him nothing. He got a decent chunk of change. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some. It's it was a nice series win against the Yankees. They should have swept them. Yep. But I also kind of think the Yankees are bums. It's just not a very good baseball team. I'm not mm. scared of them at all. Like they have a lineup too, where you go through it and it's a bunch of who is this? <laughs> How is this guy on the Yankees? Why are there no names on this team? It's Aaron Judge, Rizzo, and a bunch of who are you? Oh, DJ LeMay is still there. Sure. Volpe? You know what I said about Volpe? First of all, I think they call him Volpe. <laughs> but who Volpe? Call him Volpe? Yeah, and <sighs> that's very Canadian of you to Volpe. Yeah, I, I like, that is very Canadian. You're like, uh, salut, monsieur Volpe. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's me growing up. It's an accent by Google, yeah. Volpe. Yeah. Uh, it's a Canadian me coming out. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Anyways, I like the weekend from the Jays. It was good, but I did have a little bit of a feeling of this is more about the Yankees being crap. Then <laughs> an excellent weekend from the Jays. Really big start from Manoa, though. That did yeah. get lost in the shuffle a little bit is how dominant he was. And I absolutely love that this is a guy who a little bit of the mystique, a little hurts it that he sucked in the playoffs mm. in a big moment. And then the home opener, which I always think does matter as yeah. a big game, that he was bad in both of those games at season opener. Yeah. 
So yeah, that, tough one against Tampa. Yeah, too. so he had some bad games in big spots. So you're mm-hmm. going, eh, in the biggest moment. But then he goes and he talks a bunch of trash and he goes and faces the Yankees and he dominates them. And I'm like, it's back. <laughs> All of the Manoa love is back. Anyway, yeah. um, what series are you guys watching? Because, yeah, like I've been watching pretty much everything except for Stars Wild. I cannot. <laughs> I, just, I watched Stars it a bit Wild, yesterday. It was there. It was yesterday. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, <laughs> you're not and a big Stars reason, Wild and guy. And the only reason that I saw what Feuda was talking about earlier is because of highlights. I wasn't watching it yeah, live. Yeah, those Felino penalties were. There's just something. There's bad. just something about that series where I just I cannot do it. I just I, I can't. I don't know if it's the jerseys, yeah. the double green, the Western, the central time. Oh, of... that annoys me so much. Yeah, it annoys me with the Leafs and the lightning too. How like they're, jer- it looks like a practice almost. Know, Their jerseys like are so that. similar. I know. The lightning should have the black and the silver. I, know. I just there. thought the same. Th- I think the same thing. It's Tampa's like 2004 go when they won. Yeah. Those jerseys. Perfect. Know, fire. Just keep those. Yeah. I've been pretty locked into Oilers Kings though. Yeah. Oilers not Kings have been nice. And yeah, I want to watch more of the devils and the Rangers, but it's at the same time as the Leafs yeah, every no, time. So that's been right across from them. I've seen none of it. And I keep making it my best bets on Botano. I'm like, this is my best bet. I've seen none, but I just The assume. Rangers are going to pound them. I don't like the Devils. Yeah. I just assume it's good. Well, you know what? I've been, I, I think actually tonight I'm going to play a little parlay of uh, Rangers with Avs. Mm, yeah. yeah. Not, 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 not a Kraken guy. No, I, buddy, I, listen, I love the Kraken. And yeah. the, dude, the Kraken jerseys are beautiful. So, so nice. They're perfect. I can't. They're the number one expansion team that just destroyed the, their jerseys yeah. in the most perfect way. When they first named their team the Kraken, I went, are you kidding? You had Metropolitans right there. Yeah. You blew it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did the Raptors thing. Instead yeah. of doing the right thing with Huskies, yeah. like geographically smart move, yep. you went with the stupid fictional creature. And I know Raptors aren't fictional, right? But <laughs> they actually did not look like what's on the jersey so kind of <laughs> fictional like that apparently raptors had feathers yeah i know imagine yeah. that was the logo i know this yeah. big weird yeah. feather <laughs> big weird feather, feather bird the thing. feather lizards <laughs> yeah oh. so i thought they blew it and then you're watching them and it goes god they're so crisp yeah and all their fans have like the dark blue no, on too dude, and it I, looks like deep sea i want to cheer for them just because they look so sick the logo's they nice look too. awesome and i go hell yeah go yanni good maddie beniers baby Beniers, I like too. Although yeah. he got a little roughed up. And yeah, he, he did. And I went, ooh. He, he got he got put in the the child box. Yeah. Well, the, the whole team got Nathan I, McKinnon I on know, Saturday night. But Josh Manson too is just such a beast back there for them. Anyway, I like that series. I've been enjoying that one. That's mm-hmm. been nice. I've been watching obviously a lot of West Coast stuff because yeah, West Coast and off day because yeah, West Coast right, finishes opposite, and then yeah. I get to go after the Leafs game and settle in and go ah, especially man watching playoff sports after the Leafs win a game. Oh yeah. Perfect. You've, your team's already won the game. Yeah, it's just house money. You can just, just watch there. stress-free. I think if I if there's a heaven, <laughs> that is pretty close. The Leafs win. You just watch me. another game after. It's just the hey man. Leafs won. The stress is over, and now here's Clippers Suns, and I go thanks. Mm-hmm. Without Kawhi, <laughs> thank you. Though, and uh, Colorado Avalanche Krakens tied at twos, and <laughs> thank you. Oilers are making a comeback. So I've, great. I've been watching a lot of the Jets married into a Manitoba yeah, family. Oh so I've been God. watching that series. Really yeah. tough, tough scenes in that it, uh, double OT loss. Tough game three. I think that, so tonight they play, right? Yeah. And that, that other than the least to me is the biggest point of fascination of just how psychologically you're affected by That's this. That's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I called that, by the way. I tweeted it out. I texted my buddy yeah. Chris Abbott from Botano. And I went, dude, I like them to come back in this game when it was four two, I was like, they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. 
I can feel it in their building. They just, they have that juice and they did it. They came back. They scored in the dying seconds. They scored like 20 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. I live bet it. Chris and I both, we just decided to go in on the bet together and I was sitting there. Hell yes. And then the Leafs game started. So I didn't get to see it. So I felt like I was personally responsible <laughs> oh. for the Jets not winning. Cause I couldn't keep you my let the province viewership. of Manitoba down. I Vegas? Just, it, had I kept my eyeballs oh. on that game, my positive Jets. Line, That's a good point. Geez. Yeah. They would have won. And it Vegas was also won a relief. dumb goal too. It was like, yeah, it was like, it was, a, it was went right out in the slot and the guy just spun around and Lucky hit it. Bounce, and it just like, bar yeah. down. Leafs legend, Michael Amadio. Mm-hmm. There you go. Leafs legend. Yeah. Huge. Retire the Jersey folks. What a guy. Clutch. They should have never let him go. Scored a clutch OT goals exactly with the depth offensive, <laughs> offensive Hey, That's why we have Morgan Riley, though. Um, but this, the, the playoff yeah. series out of like both the NHL and, B- and NBA, like mm-hmm. still the best series is Kings Warriors. Ah, so good. It is, the, it is must-see TV. It is the best. My brother texted me. He wants seven from it. Yes. And I disagree because I just want my Kangs to win. I, I'm fully off the Warriors thing. And LeBron versus Steph, I don't care. I'll talk myself into that if we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just all in on the Kangs. I love the Kings. I love Malik Monk so much. Yeah. He's diamond. It's a former Raptors legend, Alex Len. Running <laughs> yeah. Pounding it. It's just like, yes. Somehow How? the Kings turned yeah. Alex Len into yeah. a formidable. <laughs> How good would Harrison Barnes have felt hitting that oh, shot my in Golden State to win? I loved getting those. I loved those people, though, doing those tweets. They were like, could have happened against his former team. I'm like, oh, really? Did Harrison Barnes play for the Warriors? <laughs> Is that a story? Was that he played there? <laughs> Just people doing that. Yeah. Out of all the guys I can't think of revenge to, it's Harrison Barnes. He True. didn't leave the Warriors for an acrimonious reason. He left because he got a max deal. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. Any player would yeah, leave the, doing he, that. He won with the Warriors. He had a great run. He was actually someone who. Man, going into college, he was incredible. I saw Harrison Barnes work out live for the Raptors, and watching him oh, up really? close, I went, this is one of the most uh, specimen human beings I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, he was he's, a huge college prospect. He, yeah, and he came to work out in Toronto, and this is where they bring in everybody, a bunch of guys at the same time. Mm-hmm. He showed up. He got his own individual workout, and I got to sit in there and watch it. It was one of the coolest early experiences I ever had, and I went, God, awesome. I hope the Raptors can get this guy. And obviously, he went a pick earlier. They lose the coin toss. Raptors end up with T. Yeah. Ross. Um could have picked Andre Drummond, which at the time was a very controversial decision uh, mm. to go with Ross over Drummond because uh, he f- was projected to be first overall yeah. in the draft at mm-hmm. one point that year. And so was actually Barnes. But either way, Barnes has put together a pretty nice career. Yeah. The Black Falcon uh, was his nickname. Uh, That's he, a pretty sick nickname. It is. It is That's a really good one. That's a pretty sick really nickname. But he, he's, I just think in terms of money and having a ring and having stats... He's he's been solid his whole I career. I know, but that's the thing. He's been kind of like disappointing based on who he was supposed to yeah, be in yeah, North yeah. Carolina. But then right. you look at his career and everything's fine, and you kind of go not bad. It just to me, he didn't need that moment of hitting that three against his old team for me to go oh, the Harrison Barnes moment. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it's like he's already had been sweet though. He's yeah, had a sick career. I feel like now when guys leave spots, we have to juice it up always yes. because there isn't a lot of stakes a lot of times. And yeah. so we're searching for stuff, and that one felt like a bit of a search narrative. Of course, it would have been awesome if he hit it, and we would have been mm-hmm. able to draw the line. It just. This wasn't Isaiah Thomas returning to play the Boston Celtics <laughs> yeah, after no. he played on a dead leg for them and yeah. won a series and his sister passed away after his and he still laced away. them up. And then yeah. they were like, yeah, we can get Kyrie. So <laughs> peace out, IT. Go get your money somewhere else. But yeah, I think that series is the best one, too. It's I, amazing. Yeah, I, I, I still think forward. the Kings are winning. I still I got the so. Kings. Seemingly no one can win on the road. <laughs> I, I, I think the Kings win in seven because Golden State is so bad away from home. They were a bottom three team in the West away from home. Yeah, the awful. Kings know that. They already beat them twice at home. They almost beat them on the road. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think the Kings have the juice. I'm, I'm a big. I'm full on, full in on the Kings. The Kangs. I feel like the Kangs blew it. Kangs. Maybe that's I, just I the. Pessimistic it would be very sport. Kangsy. Yeah, feels like the pessimistic sports fan of me, but I just feel like, okay, now you're basically in elimination games, and one team has Steph Curry, and the other team has. Aaron that's Fox. fair. Yeah. That's fair. And Fox has been. Incredible. Fox has been unbelievable. I'm happy for his like bounce back season because I loved oh, him coming out of Kentucky. Yeah. And like there was like, you know, the last probably two seasons before this, people yeah. were like, is he, what is he? Is yeah. he that good? And then he was awesome. Well, man, I'm, I'm awesome. happy for Kings fans too because they got clowned on. I defended the Tyrese Albert trade, by the way. I, that, I'm that on seems the right like a win-win. Yeah, it is. But I was on the right side of history with that being like, why is everyone making Burying fun him? of the Kings for yeah. this? Yeah. Bonus is awesome. And I, yeah, they just, the vision has worked out of it. All right, let's hit some of these other stories. So the NFL over the weekend, there was yeah, a huge a story come out. Five players suspended for gambling. So mm. four Lions players, Jamison Williams, Quintez Cephas, Stanley Berryhill, and safety CJ Moore, and a commander's defensive end Shaka Tony. So Williams and Berryhill got six-game suspensions mm. because they were betting on non-NFL activities but on NFL grounds because mm-hmm. you are allowed to bet. Players are allowed to bet on NFL, non-NFL yeah. things. But it's where they did it. Yeah, which is a stupid ass rule. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, the, you can't bet on the NFL. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at this point, with the the way we're marketing sports betting, I'm I like sports betting. Obviously, I've been yeah. betting since I was uh, a not allowed to age. <laughs> so, Jalen Rose to me made the best point about this out of anybody that I saw. Mm-hmm. Where he goes, uh, so what are we going to be doing with fantasy football and March Madness brackets? Like keep that same energy because that's gambling too. Yeah. The NFL is obviously so afraid of looking as though anything is crooked or dirty and making sure that none of this is pervasive into the league itself. So I Mm -hmm. understand coming down extremely hard on the guys who bet on football games. Same thing with what happened in the UFC, Mm -hmm. right? With the James Krause story. There's a reason why that was such a big ass deal, right? You have to make sure that stuff is tight, Mm -hmm. that there are no exceptions. And that yes, the the precedent that was set a year ago with Ridley remains the same thing. You're out for a season. You got to reapply. Yeah. The betting on the at the facility thing yeah. on other sports is asinine. It's it's on NFL grounds. That's where you're no, shut to up, bet. NFL. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's being, you're just being stupid ass. This is really, <laughs> yeah. really embarrassing no, for you. It's you're taking all this gambling money and then your guys are going, Yeah, we're betting on college, and then you're disgracing them for this. They're in no, the no, practice no, 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 facility. No. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. Why? Because they're on the facility. <laughs> yeah. So they step out what? Outside the parking lot, they run outside, and then it's okay. And it's it's okay. just dumb. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's really stupid. It's um it's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. It's unfair. And I hate it. I really yeah. do. Hate I feel it. bad for Jameson Williams too. missed the whole season because of the ACL. Yeah. And now he's got hit with that. Like Jameson Williams already. And he has the vibe of like new Josh Gordon where yeah. everyone goes, oh. this guy, when he comes back is going to be sick and he yeah. gets drafted in fantasy teams. I can see and that. Then, and then he just never actually, he's plays. always the player that people draft yeah. and stash. Yeah, exactly. And they just put him on the he's LTIR the, forever. The sexy pick that people go. <laughs> that's a nice pick when he comes back, yeah. but then he never comes back yeah. guy. Yeah. I feel like that's his future. I hate saying it. Cause he had that one sick touchdown <laughs> that, <laughs> that we all saw. <laughs> and then after that, I'm not yeah. really too sure. About Seth it. is more and Tony all got, Suspended for the year, and they can apply for reinstatement. Next I read year. his name like Cephas, like Cephas, like Quint- an Ephus pitch. Quintez Cephas. Uh, but I, Cephas. I like how you said it. Quintez Cephas. Quintez Cephas. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool name. Yeah, it is. I'm not gonna lie. And Shaka Tony's a pretty cool name as well. Tony. Yeah, these are all pretty solid names. Anyways, let's keep it moving. Uh, so Dylan Brooks, after practice on Sunday, said that the media is making me a villain. The fans making me a villain. Okay. This just creates another persona on me. That comes from Tim McMahon from ESPN. Uh-huh. Um. Dylan Brooks claimed that the media is making him out to be the villain. Also refused to talk after game three said, I ain't talking. Yeah. Well, what's your stance on Brooks right now after everything that's happened and him saying that the media is making me out to be the villain. Well, 
to me, that's just a classic heel move is to not acknowledge that you're the villain, that you're still the hero. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually don't really mind that part now that he's all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of lame he didn't talk to the media after. Yeah, because it is so lame. Yeah, he, 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 declined, so he declined the interview to McMahon after. You gotta if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna make that yeah. move, you gotta make that move yeah. the whole way. Exactly. I was so disappointed. Yeah. yeah, I loved the whole going after LeBron thing. I thought you it was hilarious. It? I just thought it was so funny because, like, man, like, yeah. good on you, Dylan Brooks. I guess, uh, like, do do whatever you want, but then you gotta you can't half measure funny. that. Here's you gotta thing. go all yeah. the way. You do. You have to own the accountability of it. But here's why I didn't like it. It's just, I think if you're his teammates at this point, you're kind of thinking, dude, can yes. we just can we just play basketball? Have you do this? Yes. Can we just not have you showing up bare chested with a big chain on and <laughs> sunglasses doing inside. actual sunglasses. wrestling? Go to WWE then, Dylan Brooks, and just work on your wrestling because your basketball is kind of mediocre and so is your trash talk. It's just not that yeah. good. Yeah. So it's just it it's one thing. This has actually been one problem with guys like uh what's his name? Uh Cody or uh, what's the UFC fighter that tries to be Conor McGregor that I've actually interviewed before. Colby Covington. That's it. Yes. I couldn't place the name. Colby Covington does it. And you go, God, I know what you're trying to do, but Mm -hmm. it just sucks. And it's lame. It's all. And I have the same vibe with Dylan Brooks. This isn't like Conor McGregor or Chael Sonnen where you watch the guy and it's hilarious. This isn't like Larry Bird quotes Mm. where it's a dominant player who talks trash and has a million hilarious trash talk stories, right? You're not that good at it. Yeah. You're just not. And so he's got the whole look of just this wrestler and he's got the look down. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Here's the villain look. But then the talk is pretty crappy. Well, like, that's why well, the back down was. It, it also doesn't help when you show up and shoot like two for 13 that's what and I mean. get ejected that's what he's be, right that's, away. That's, that's, yeah. He like, is not like. The, anyway. the thing is, is that he's, he's not. He's like a 16 point yeah. per game guy. Well. Yeah. He's just fine. He's just yeah. he's just okay. That's what so he if is. you're and gonna do the talk, you gotta go all the way because you're it. just okay. He's just okay, and he's not shutting anybody down, and he's just going too high with the guys he's talking trash yeah. about, and it's just <laughs> like, like, like the like, face like of the LeBron doesn't impress me till he gives me forty. I'm like, dude, I know. Are you, I'm just sitting there going. A lot of people okay. have given the Grizzlies like forty it's just, this year. It's too much. Way. Is that's the thing? You can't hit a line with this. I'm all for trash talk. I think if you're a fan of this podcast, you know pretty damn well that I love sports. And I mm-hmm. love guys going after each other. This just feels a little too manufactured to me. And he feels like he's now in a box where he has to do it. And maybe now this is his little bit of an escape valve where he's going. Everyone's making this bigger deal than it needs to be. It's like, dude, you're holding court after games saying LeBron yeah. is old. What you are holding your own press conference. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> the media is spinning you into a guy. So, yeah, I don't mind even that part of it, because, again, that's just heel one oh one. But the rest of it, the lack of accountability, the Mm -hmm. mediocre play, the wear and tear it must have on their teammates when they're going, man, we've already had such a crazy year off the court. We've got a bunch of guys injured. We're trying so badly to get through this. And yeah, you're just throwing more. Well, if you look at his resume of all the stuff that he's done in his career, too, of like all like the flagrants and stuff like that. I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about that stuff. It just builds on the the image, though, of like you are doing like this is a part of your. I just, I just wish I liked him more. I just True. wish I liked him more than I do, and I don't resonate with him. I was rooting for him against Draymond. I thought that was great, and when they had their game and they're sticking heads in each other's faces mm. and Draymond's going off on him because it felt like a real organic hate yeah. between those two teams, and now just that he's searching for it against LeBron, I just went, eh, it's too yeah. far. It's getting corny. It feels like you're, Shot you know, too high. <laughs> you're, you're smelling your own farts, and you like it too okay. much. Anyway, uh, let's do... Uh, I lost my Twitter verification. Yeah, I lost my blue check. Let's do this. Uh, you lost, you, so you lost your blue check on Friday. I hate how Tough it feels. Scene. I'm scrolling through <laughs> like, first of all, 
Now, whenever I see someone with it, it's back to the status of weird because you go, ooh, <laughs> but then also, ooh, you paid. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm, I'm staunch in my position of I don't think paying for Twitter is bad. I don't. I, I, you cannot tell me that paying $8 a month to be able to edit your tweets and to have a, a handle that is probably going to be seen more. And it just, True. it's just obviously worth it. But I'm trapped by the peer pressure. I, I keep going. I'm going to just pay for this blue check mark. I'm going to pay for this blue check mark. And then I, I'm too much of a coward for it. I, <laughs> I see wanna... your point, but I would never pay for it. Just You're personally. poor, though. Oh, thanks. You are. No, I, oh, I'm just saying, even if I had money, I don't think I would pay yeah, for you, Twitter. Uh, don't touch me, you little poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I like how everyone looked around the room like that was so mean when I said to Joe. And like, yeah. I'm agreeing no, with your logic, no, though. I'm just saying. I was like, going to say, I always think about you because you like your family is rich, but you're not, and I'm like, I think about you with uh, Shaq, where he goes, I tell my kids, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I always think of Joe's family. No, no, doing no. That with Joe. Daddy's rich. That's yeah, but that, <laughs> No, but for real, $8 a month is nothing. And. Yeah. If you are in this space, okay, so Twitter is clearly like my go-to for trying to connect with fans. It's not as much Instagram. It's not, I'm not Mm -hmm. as good. I'm not going to ever do TikTok. Twitter is my favorite one. And I have noticed that interaction on some of my tweets is like down from the averages. And I've got to think that some of that is lack of blue check. I do. It's weird sifting through the world of lack of blue checks because all I used to follow was mostly blue checks. No, it's and weird now, when it, I see like an account I used to get like information from and I have to like, like double and triple poor. check yeah. like to make sure. <laughs> and I'm with the poor. You see Kendrick Perkins tweet that too. He's like, I, I lost my it. blue check, but I don't care. Carry on. Yeah, but that's the thing is <laughs> here's the business move. Here's the business move that Elon yeah. should should toss in there. Yeah. You can pay, you can subscribe to Twitter Blue and then it's an extra buck to hide the check. So you get all the benefits of it. Mm. But, but then like you don't get the check. It. It's it's aesthetic. I like being important. No, it's not even honestly. There's something aesthetically pleasing about seeing the blue check, and now that it's gone, it's it's yeah. uglier. It just doesn't look right. It well, the, the first right. time I'll I was going to send you something it. on I, Twitter, I couldn't. I, like I was scrolling, I'm like, where's JD? Because it's usually the blue check it comes up first, and then you did like disappear. He <laughs> <laughs> disappeared, and I was like, whoa! Hey, hey. I know. Oh, yeah. Even the DMs are against you. I hate it. No, I hate it. It's true, and they're they're definitely doing this. They're working against you. There's no doubt. I'm now turning on Elon. After he took my blue check at first, I was no, kind paying of, for LeBron's too. Was, man, this is the most <laughs> embarrassing thing ever. Is I saw a tweet or an article somewhere and they went, some of the legacy people are getting their blue check marks back after all. And I went, will I? <laughs> <laughs> nah. The list is yeah, like LeBron, yeah, Stephen King. And no, JD. no, not who he's paying for. Oh, I'm gotcha. saying that apparently, and I only read the headline on this because oh, yeah. I didn't care enough. To oh, people think it's like for a million people with a million or more followers. Oh, is that back. what it is? That's okay, what yeah, think, But that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. My 15 K is going to do me real well. He's got the bots arena. going just, for yeah, you. Elon saw that come up. He's like, get, yeah, Out no, but here. that's the thing. Elon's on the bots because he bought it, right? He had to look at it like succession. He was Matt's like he had to <laughs> he go through Matt's. the numbers and have to deep dive in. Actually, no, it's more like uh, when Kendall buys Volter. Yeah. And he's going through and they have to get the, all the details and then he shuts it down. And gasses everyone. <laughs> yeah. Kendall that was a good moment for Ken. Anyway, uh, succession was also good last night. I'm not going to say anything else about it. But yeah. All right. Let's wrap the sucker up. I'll be back tomorrow after the Leafs hopefully win a game. Uh, there was plenty of stuff we left on the bone here. Mm-hmm. That's what's so good about this time of year is just there's so much so going much. on. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So um, follow me on my checklist Twitter, by the way, <sighs> at JD Buckus. <laughs> Share it. Hey, so I'm that, also like checklist. Like my tweets so that they 
get seen by my buried shadow ban that has happened to me ever since. And yeah, follow on Instagram, do all those things. And yeah, reach out if you uh, want to bet on Botano and you haven't yet. Cause uh, yeah, I'll hit you up anyways. Uh, for me, Jobo, Azo, Austin, who's been weirdly quiet lately. Austin, I don't know what's going on. He's just like not firing his. Actually, I buried you before the no, show. No, you today. shot down his boxing takes. Yeah. And now he's no, no, not just his boxing. He had the wrong take of uh, Garcia has more Twitter followers than anybody in UFC. And I went Conor McGregor right away uh, four times. Well, yeah, no, the biggest MMA fighter in the world. I was wrong. I don't feel like I've uh, had a chance to really express myself today, JD. Yo, what, shout you, out my boy there... Dylan Brooks. I know his auntie. She's <laughs> awesome. He's okay. awesome. Keep it up, big man. Okay, nice. I got your back. Okay. Um, See, well, this was, was what else do you want, man? Like, you know, nothing it, really. It's here if you need it. You just didn't need it today. No, I'll just, can I tell you one thing about, because we didn't talk about the boxing? I said this before the show, but I'm going to recycle it. It's just, I like boxing and I like a big boxing event, but those two guys for me came out of nowhere. It's just, mm. they're undefeated fighters and they were fighting and then it was a big deal. And I went, okay, I, but I've never really heard of these guys. They're I much, mean, much Oscar bigger. Oscar De boy and Floyd Mayweather's boys. I yeah. mean, that's more, you don't follow boxing though, right? Yeah, I guess not at all yeah. anymore. It's just done for me. But that's, and that's boxing's fault too. Not your fault, right? Like they don't do a good job promoting their events. They like Ryan Garcia fought six months ago. No one talked about that's, it, right? That's what I'm saying is all of a sudden these guys, it was the fight of the century. And I went, uh, yeah. nah. And then again, it's Saturday night. The Leafs played and I'm going out to a party and. No one there was going, are we going to throw on the tank fight? And I went, nah, probably not. I completely forgot it was happening. That was a nice left hook he landed to end that fight, though. Boy, oh, boy, yeah, that thing the landed shot. a thud. Ooh. It's always so hard watching the boxer go down and just be, like, on a knee, yeah. knowing that it's just done. Right done. after taking yeah. the shot to the liver, too. Anyway, I love boxing. I really like to watch it. But, yeah, it sure says something when two guys that are supposed to be the top of the top show up and me, who's as buried into sports as you can be probably be. <laughs> and I know that Austin you're saying like I don't follow boxing which is totally fair but I used to care a lot about boxing I even saw the Floyd quote where he was talking about how the best guys should fight each other and how losses aren't that bad and I was like okay buddy you ducked since Floyd Mayweather I know that's what I mean like you ducked Pacquiao during his entire prime and then as soon as he was washed up knocked out after you went I'll, th I'll fight that guy <laughs> No, I'll take that no, fight. I watched him hang out unconscious in a, a ring for two minutes where they had to, you wondered if he was ever going to recover the same way he did it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it just sucks. It just sucks that that's where we're at, where somebody like me goes, I don't know what this is. And it's just for the diehards. And call whatever. me, call me when we've got uh, fury Paul too, you know? That's that's what I'm into. Yeah, that's I know. Yeah, I was gonna say you love your reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even believe when we were talking right, about sports show. that Simon was like, I actually watched some sports. I was like, good for you. Simon. I watched a lot of like, sports. Yeah, way to yeah, go. Yeah. The sports weekend. He, it wasn't just uh, Love Island or and Love Succession. Is Blind and Success. Those the, yeah. both those all those seasons are done. Yeah, you know. I know. I, I, we I, finally I, have him on the sports. <laughs> honestly, it's got to be the funniest excuse ever for Simon. Like basically didn't do work yesterday, and then he sends an email. Sorry, I was watching Succession. I was like, uh, okay, I like Succession too. But that was. It's like. That's how good Succession has gotten, that Simon actually tried to use that as, like, you understand. I think successfully. I think successfully used it. Yeah, I think yeah. successfully. I read it. And, and, no, it's funny because it was one of those things, like, in a cartoon where you go, like, someone dresses up as something and it passes and the guard goes, like, all right, you go past. And then he goes right past. And he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> like, three that, minutes that later. That was me. Simon walked past me with the succession excuse. And then I just did the, like, head turn of, wait a second. You did a triple take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Let's wrap this sucker up. We'll see you tomorrow. Subscribe, review, do all those nice things. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, watch Least Talk tonight after the game.